Hello, friends. I'm your host, Christina, and you're listening to Radical Stepmoms, a podcast about the good, bad, and really ugly moments about raising a child that you didn't create. Here, I'll discuss the realities of co-parenting, the way stepmotherhood affects a marriage, the relationship with our stepkids, and most of all, navigating the relationship with ourselves. I want each episode to leave you feeling validated, empowered, and oh so radical. So pour yourself a LaCroix, a glass of red, or whatever, and listen in on Radical Stepmoms. Hello, Casey. Welcome to the show. Thanks so much. I'm really glad to be here. <laughs> Yay. Um, so you reached out um, and I read your story and I was like, yep, you're coming on. Let's talk about this. So we're going <laughs> to talk about kind of, um, you know, as you mentioned before we hit record, just um, really being in the nitty gritty of the high conflict stuff and, um, going through the court things and having, I mean, cause that's been a large part of your relationship at this point of being and doing all of the court stuff. Is that right? Yeah. I mean, I've been here since, I mean, before, mm-hmm. <laughs> before the separation even happened. So, uh, yeah whoops um (laughs) so how about we start (laughs) let's backtrack and how about we have Casey how about you introduce yourself um and tell listeners a little bit about you um all right well I met my partner in a couple of years ago and I met her because I was teaching a class and she was a student in one of my classes. Mm -hmm. Um, Outside of that class, we became friends. I mean, obviously we met there, but then we became friends and we were friends for maybe nine months or so. Like we had really formed a friendship. We really enjoyed the same types of things. Um, And I'm queer. And at the time I didn't exactly know that. So, uh, but she was currently married to a woman. Mm -hmm. She knew that. (laughs) And uh, I was married at the time also. So I was married to my husband, which sounds so weird to say now. Mm -hmm. Um, And we were just friends and we loved to hike and we loved to just hang out and we'd go grab a drink. And we, it was just very, very friendly. Mm-hmm. Um, and then somewhere along the way, like it kind of just flipped like all at once. So we definitely had an affair and, you know, we were both married and both knew that we were married. Um, and then it's just gone from there. Like we, I mean, everything kind of happened. Our, our relationship while we were both still married was very, um, short lived as far as like, everybody got separated really quickly. Mm. So, but I definitely like, um, my stepdaughter is just turning to now and this has been going on for two years. So I mean, it's kind of like the worst case scenario if you're talking 
uh, timing, right? So I know you had a guest on like a couple episodes ago that was a similar story, right? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, the the affair episode. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Which affair yeah. episode? Um, terrible timing stuff. Yeah. Yeah, and so like in one way, it's amazing because I did get to know my stepdaughter from the beginning of time, like there's never been a time where I didn't know that she existed either, you know, when she was, um, her ex was so pregnant or when she was an infant, like that, that whole thing is like kind of nice for my side, mm-hmm. sure. <laughs> but obviously is very hurtful on the other side. So, good. Mm-hmm. um, yeah, so basically like right after she was born, they got separated and I separated from my husband before she was born. Mm -hmm. Um, it's obviously a little bit easier to be like, Hey, I'm really sorry about this, but Mm -hmm. turns out this explains a lot of things. Sure. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, and I'm really not alone in that. I think that there's a lot of like 30 somethings that are Oh my gosh. So personal, personal story here. Um, one of my best friends, like they were a couple, um, he actually, um, produced the first season, um, of the podcast and he and his wife separated because she found out she liked chicks (laughs) and, and now it's like, yeah. And now we like hang out and stuff and now she has friends and this gathering of women that have, had these like realizations in their thirties after marrying a man and is like, Hmm, that actually is a pretty big (laughs) reason why that didn't work and why we never had sex and why we. (laughs) Yes. Like, Oh man, I used to like kiss girls in college. Like when I was drunk, but like, it was just everyone did that attention thing. Right. Uh, yeah. I guess that if I could go back, I would say that like, if anyone is out there like questioning their sexuality and saying like, basically if your MO to like people that you think are safe is like the question of like, do you think that I could be gay? Like mm-hmm. you should go down that road a little bit more. explore that a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Like, I think like straight women are not asking their friends that question right. or their queer friends that question. Yeah. Like, and that was one of the first things I asked uh, my partner now, do you think that I am gay? <laughs> you know, and like, yeah. and also like no queer person is going to be like, yeah, definitely. You know, it's an independent journey, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. it's mm-hmm. really, it's really true. And then essentially we just, we fell in love in the hardest, most never could be a part way. Mm-hmm. like possible and it sounds really like cliche and crazy and it was and I <laughs> yeah. deny that it was but it was and then we essentially kind of I mean had to deal with it all right like mm-hmm. things that come with it. a lot of things to then like untangle after that right yeah so I mean, you guys get together and then, you know, your partner 
separates from her partner and now there's this baby. So what was it like, you know, in, in, you know, two years ago in the beginning, was there, what was the custody like with sharing the baby or, and, and, and what, let's talk about just kind of your court experience so far. Well, um, this all happened during the summer of 2019. So it's easy to go like with the seasons essentially, (laughs) but the summer, you know, she was born in June. So, um, the summer was insane. Like there's no other way to describe it. You know, her wife found out and like all hell basically broke loose like around the birth of this child and I did give them essentially some space like first and foremost there because I mean obviously like my partner had to decide what she was doing right Mm -hmm. and like there was also this huge change in their life happening and so for, you know, the month of June, I think that they were mostly just like trying to grapple with like actual birth and coming home and all those things. And I took a step back because I wasn't, I mean, that's insane, right? Like <laughs> it was so much, but. And it's um, so hard to know what to do in, in general, but you know, exactly. like, yeah, it's. I knew that I didn't want, I didn't want to feel like I was like stealing anybody, you know, or anything like that. Like, I didn't want to feel like I was manipulating or Mm -hmm. I was just like, honestly, I was just so damn naive. Like, I was just like, I love you. And I don't know what's happening. And also I'm like leaving my husband and now you're leaving her and like yeah what even happens next and they I mean the talk about like post-separation abuse like kind of started right away there and I think that that kind of helped my current partner now know like that she wasn't staying like she couldn't stay like that it was just Mm. an impossible situation so my partner has really great benefits at work. So she was off on parental leave for most of that summer. And, um, her ex is a therapist. So she also had like a lot of flexibility. So I think they were both mostly home that whole summer Mm -hmm. and they were, they, you know, tried to share a house and that didn't work out. And then, they physically separated and their custody schedule right away with like a newborn was mostly um, when they are on parental leave, like it was every other day kind of thing. Like, but bio mom kind of took, took the bull by the horns initially and like set the parameters, mm-hmm. um, which was really hard uh, for my partner because she obviously wanted to see her baby, you know, she wanted to be there. And it was kind of all this sidestepping of like, what was like, quote unquote, allowed Mm -hmm. to happen. Um, 
And then it shook out to, you know, in the fall, everyone going back to work and uh, my partner getting like a couple nights a week. Um, and then I like started out as like a half a day on the weekend or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was, you know, obviously allowed nowhere near <laughs> any mm-hmm. of this situation. Yeah. Um, which I totally get and totally got during that point. Um, and then my partner filed in October of that year, okay. like, officially. Yeah, um, I mean, it, it's like, I'm just unpacking that for a second. <laughs> I was like, here's this very, you know, pivotal moment in your life where oh. you have fallen in love and this is very new and different than what you've known and it's supposed to be supposed to be you know this very exciting time but then you are really stepping into to other people's lives who are also supposed to you know be experiencing this very pivotal moment in their lives and it all just kind of like implodes (laughs) right and it like heartbreak and loss and grief and resentment all of those things are just like surrounding you guys and then there's this little baby in the middle of it right and you know that's what happens in a lot of you know how stepmoms enter a a dynamic whether it is right when things are imploding or 10 years afterwards but there's like still everything floating around right um and that's our challenge at, in this role is trying to figure out, all right, one, where's there room for me? Right. Um, and, you know, when will this settle so we can have the life that we really want to have um, and the relationship and family that you really want to have? So um, they, as from what you've told me, you guys, you know, <laughs> like you're still really trying to figure out the custody stuff. So it gets complicated when, you know, in this case, there is your partner isn't a bio parent, bio parent, right? Yep. So um, is she wanting to adopt? Is that, is that right? Is that what I understand? So it's right. It's super tricky, right? So, you know, essentially because there is not really federal guidelines, right? Everything is state by state. So Mm -hmm. where you live and what, you know, like what's happening there. Um, So, right. That was one of the biggest questions all along is that my state had uh, a second parent adoption that same-sex couples do to just solidify essentially all of their rights Mm -hmm. for that non-bio parent and it's pretty important to note that like the only reason why my partner is not biologically attached to this child is because she is infertile and they attempted to create a baby with her genetics Mm -hmm. and it did not work so that was all traumatizing in and of itself Mm -hmm. My partner has just only wanted to be a parent 
you know, and so that was this whole secondary struggle that was going on, you know, in that relationship. Mm -hmm. And, um, but yes, because uh, her daughter isn't biologically connected to her, um, she is on the birth certificate and in different states, that means a different thing. Right. And so you really have to finalize that. And my state just, just, just passed a parentage act that basically makes that not the standard anymore, which is really, really great. Mm -hmm. Um, But our bio mom is essentially like leveraged that throughout this whole entire thing, like refused to go through with it, like paid, it's paid for it's they have all the things and she holds it right because because of whatever reason because of essentially you know high conflict Mm -hmm. stuff and like and now because that parentage act has passed it's technically safer right like you know she, you know, we're obviously in a custody case. So obviously lawyers are not telling us that like, you don't have legal connection to this child. It's more just like the fact that you have to go through with that just to begin with when you're like the intended parent mm-hmm. from the get-go right. uh, is really, really hard. And I think that I can't really speak for her on this, but we've had a lot of conversations where I feel really similar, like my complaints to her are very much like one step removed from things that she is also grappling with. Like, you know, feeling like, feeling like a parent, Mm -hmm. right. And like owning this connection to this child and things like that, where it's just like, where is the room for all of us? Right. So you have like technically three moms right now (laughs) and like the dynamic of that and especially when Biomom is really utilizing like a lot of like heteronormative like bullshit, honestly, to make her case, right? She has just totally like owned all of like quote unquote mom stuff. Mm. And my partner identifies as a non-binary woman. And she is like weaponized that against her you know about like well you you don't need mother's day like you last I knew you were not identifying as a woman or whatever you know and it's just like very harsh pretty well weird stuff that's like yeah you're right we are all talking about the same mother's day because you know you can't just flop that one to father's day so I'm not a father you know right yeah um so that part of it has been really difficult like navigating the legalities behind things and then like getting on like the courts essentially lawyers have said to her like the courts just don't have a mechanism for what you are bringing them Mm -hmm. like right they're not pegging you as the mom and they're not pegging you as the father right And and I think it's it's frustrating because it's I mean there's been so many um uh, wins in regards to a lot of you know rights and acknowledgement and all of all of the things that need to be happening but 
like you said, like all states are different, all like there's a lot of things that are being taken away right now as well. And, you know, your families like yours are at a vulnerable place when, you know, and it's, it's like, it's even if it's like, you know, people are on board, let's say, you know, the mom was like, yes, you know, or, you know, if there's nothing in place to actually allow these things to happen, like you're like, bills need to be passed and like laws right. need to be passed and legal things need to be coming into place. So different families can be represented. Exactly. Like, like essentially the, the language just needs to be changed, right? Mm-hmm. right? Like it just needs to be intended parents, like period, end of story. Like mm-hmm. that's really it. Like there was every, like this child was conceived in a marriage, just like anyone else's marriage. Mm-hmm. And, and and it's it's very interesting because she is biologically attached to one parent, which isn't actually even the norm for same-sex couples, right? A right. lot of people are adopting, mm-hmm. right? Or they're bringing, you know, kids that are biologically conceived, right? From like my husband and I, and then I come out and then I, you know, bring my kids into my next relationship with me. Or, or without even having a marriage, like my husband was never married to the mother of my stepson. They were never married, but you know, when he came out of her, they were like, Hey, so are you the dad? And my husband was like, I think so. And you know, bio mom was like, uh, yeah, we don't need to do a paternity test. And then that's it. Like he signs the paperwork and that's his kid. Like, right. No right. But I mean, I've talked about it before. We question all the time whether or not he's really his, but he still has all the rights. Right. So you know, the fact that your partner has to jump through all these hoops when, you know, she was the intended parent. Right. Um, when my, my husband would probably say, yeah, no, I was never an intended parent. <laughs> No, like, no. <laughs> I scream about this randomly all the time. Just like, well, then every kid, every baby in that hospital needs like a paternity test, like right away, you know, before that, because there could hypothetically be another genetically attached parent that is out of the mix. Mm-hmm. But even, even if that was almost known, like, I don't think that like a cis gendered man would be like facing this type of struggle too because like right like if like for example your husband knew that he wasn't genetically tied to his son Mm -hmm. like but he still stepped up and signed that birth certificate and was like that's my baby like Mm -hmm. everyone would be like oh my gosh he's such a great dad he's such an amazing man you know even if I was a cis man like everyone would be like, oh my gosh, there was this like emotionally manipulative, whatever relationship. And like, and like, he's stepping up and like taking care of her kid, you know, and all that kind of like gender norm stuff, which is really interesting to like make the switch from like straight land into like queer land. Mm -hmm. Like all that stuff is scrapped. Like you want to talk about like, how do we actually parent now? Like, 
my partner and I are co-parenting and it's insane the amount of like heteronormative stuff that we just take for granted like it built into mom and dad mm-hmm. can like, you give some examples yeah like my stepdaughter is two she is an absolute pleasure um she is a hundred percent toddler mm. and like the most like the thing to like grapple with for me like stepping into this role as parent is like she prefers my partner mm. and I cannot tell you a million t- like I would never have said if you were like it in your 30s you're gonna there will be a toddler in your life but like you will not be the preferred parent Mm. I'd be like you're insane Mm. because my husband's not going to do anything so (laughs) how would he be the preferred parent right like I did not end up having kids with my husband because I was like so worried about being the one and only because Mm -hmm. of all those kind of stereotypical things in our relationship Mm -hmm. and now to have someone else that's like well yeah of course I'm gonna do this or do that or whatever like right it's really it's insane because I never I never took myself out of like you know I do identify just I mean essentially as a lesbian but Mm -hmm. (laughs) like I still claim like femme quote-unquote stuff like you know like I yeah, there's no way that I'm not the one that's going up there when she's crying at nap or like that's not you, attending to the things. Would you attribute these to what we often hear as like maternal instincts? Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah. yeah. The nurturing. The nurturing. Yeah. And when you have three women involved in that, um, that, yeah, I would see that as not only confusing for every, you know, all three of you, but also for the little, right? Because I mean, does she she have different names for what she calls the three of you? Yeah, she uh, calls her bio mom some variation of mama, mommy, whatever. Um, She does not, I mean, the interesting thing is being kind of raised like in two places. Sometimes I'm even like, does she know that we're all like her family or (laughs) is she like, is she just like, I have, I don't even know what she thinks. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, so her bio mom is definitely mom or mommy and my partner is called Ama and they had decided that amongst themselves kind Mm -hmm. of before me. And then we let her essentially name me. And because of her age, when I was introduced to her, she just randomly started calling me Dada. So she just calls me Dada. Mm. So yeah, so we all have like separate names, but because I think she is, she's so taken care of by the three of us. I don't think, I think she also, she swaps mama or whatever into those things all the time, just not even realizing, you know, that like, there's any like women that aren't like your moms. Right. <laughs> you <know? laughs> yeah. yeah. When it comes to names, I mean, I, I talk about it a lot, just as, as far as like, you know, being called 
a mom like name by your by your stepkid. Um, I I I feel like my stepson only called started calling me mom out of convenience because it is hard for him to transition. And I mean, cause like his grandmother will come over to our house and he'll slip and call her mom like eight times. Oh, and, yeah. you know, and because I never corrected him cause I was just like, so in a large way, like I don't really feel special at all. I just think he's lazy <laughs> to call me something different. So I taught preschool for a lot of years and sometimes they slip, right? Mm -hmm. And instead of calling you like your teacher name, yeah. they say mom and then they look it up and they go like, ah, and then they, yeah. you know, yeah, because yeah. it's right, right. It's like the woman that is standing next to me, you know, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. <laughs> is, is yep. that. So I don't, I think that, I hope that will change because I think like if we have like an hours baby, I don't, it would be kind of weird, like right. for that all to still be the thing. Mm -hmm. Um, but at this point, I Thank think you. that it's sweet. I'm glad that we didn't start referring to me as my first name because now I would be like losing my mind right. over that, you know, because our whole relationship has been in this whole custody thing. And so it's like, I'm always kind of grappling with like you need to feel as attached to this kid like as you can because there's so much harm that's connected to her all the time so making sure that you know I keep those things like separate mm -hmm. right like so much therapy but like <laughs> you know so that the resentment like doesn't get attached to her even though like she's the vehicle for it, right? If she didn't exist, like this would all be- mm -hmm. It's hard. So different. It's really hard to separate those things. Yeah. So like, as soon as she like started calling me that, I was like officially in her life, like at her one-year-old kind of mark. Um, I felt like that was parental like enough mm. and was just happy that she was calling me something and- Mm -hmm. uh, yeah went from there yeah yeah so I'm gonna we're gonna take a break here for a second and then when we come back I want to hear because so often you know when you're in these court processes for so long it can make such an impact on your relationship and like how do you stay connected to your partner how do you support them through the really hard court stuff and all that so we'll talk about that when we come back All right, Radical Mamas, I want to talk about the first resource I found as a stepmom. Stepmom Magazine was a game changer for how I navigate this role. It's an online magazine with articles from all the top step parenting experts on all things stepmom. Each issue is packed with insights, tips, and validation from licensed therapists, published authors, and step family professionals who know and live the stepmom life. Stepmom Magazine also has ebooks specific to special topics like disengaging, being a full-time stepmom, parental alienation, and so much more. They are all available to download right now. I subscribed years ago and it was exactly what I needed to feel less alone and more supported. Getting that monthly email telling me the new issue is out is like getting a warm hug from another stepmom. To subscribe, head to stepmommagazine.com and use the code RADICAL20 to save 20%. 
If you find something that makes you say, yes, hell yes, me too, send me a DM on Instagram and let me know. I love hearing from you. Again, that's stepmommagazine.com and use the code RADICAL20 to save you 20%. All right. So you started this relationship and it's supposed to be really exciting. And in so many cases, like you want to just have it be about you and your partner, but you've been navigating all this court stuff for like two years how have you balanced not losing your freaking mind and just packing your shit and leaving? (laughs) Um, I think that right now is honestly the hardest it's ever been. Um, in the beginning of all this, it was like a whirlwind, like, you know, it was us against the world, that whole, like, you know, it felt like we were high schoolers and that's like cliche and whatever, you know, especially with like me coming out because of course you relive those experiences you didn't get to have, but mm-hmm. it was like that. And then, you know, everything progressed, she moved out, you know, and we then lived like what I call a college life of like my husband and I were finally are separated, mediating, living apart, you know, she was living apart. And it was like very college-y, like come over here, I go over there kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we moved in together in October, 2020. I mean, amidst all this pandemic craziness, which was insane. It was just actually insane. And just like the reason why I knew like, oh, this is my forever person is that we lived through that. And Mm. like, we're still basically both home 90% of the time. And it's amazing. Right. And it, that was never a problem. Um, but as like stuff has progressed court wise and we finally got to like go through those milestones, move in, do all that like happy couple things that you're supposed to be like really happy with and excited for. There was just like, there's always a cloud, right? There's always a, uh, I have to like now tell my lawyer that I'm doing this. And then like, they're going to have to reach out to the other side and like tell them and when do you do it and how far out and like, what's the strategy and all this. And, um, you know, there's been like cases, like points of like withholding and things like that. And so it's really not, it's, it's really been high conflict. And then in the pandemic with courts just being closed, right? Like no one, like I used to joke, like with my partner that her lawyer's like favorite saying was like, yeah, but you know, we can't protect you about that. Like, you, you know, there's nothing like we can't do anything about that. Like there's just like, okay, I'll, I'll write this email, but like, Mm -hmm. you know, and really that amper on everything. Right. And especially if she doesn't technically have any rights at this point. Right. So is what is the custody right now? Like, how is that all being she has, so she has rights. Like it's, it's 
it's more of like an intimidation factor at this point than anything else as far as like throwing that and our side of it is more like is this showing like the best judgment on their part because they're willing to like stop these protections for their own child that like you know that's more our like idea behind it um the current like custody and because they really went into the thick of it through the pandemic like there's really not anything written right now they went through a couple of like parental coordinators to try and like mediate the custody but currently it is three days a week we have her nine to six tuesdays thursdays and saturday and we have two overnights every other weekend the saturday is overnight and because of her age that's always been like mm. the driving force behind the slowing and stopping and mm. delaying and all of this that like it's just not quote unquote appropriate for a one-year-old or whatever mm. and from that side not from actual like studies about blended families right right it's like just that. her point of view right yeah and she has the power to do that which is what is frustrating <laughs> right and Very. my partner really before the pandemic you know really wanted to work things out in like a really civil way right mm -hmm. like she wanted to mediate she wanted to go through it and essentially like make it all okay and mm -hmm. show that she's putting forth like you know any hoop she'll jump it like you know she mm -hmm. was really like i get it like this is very hard like this whole situation and i'm still with this person and so that's very stressful for you and all those things and so i'm willing to show up and show you that right the consequence for the affair was losing our marriage and like that doesn't impact my parenting right and so like let me show you that kind of thing mm -hmm. and that was not received <laughs> that was not welcomed right it was received and then like noted and then like okay great so here's the hoop you will like mm -hmm. not have her you know like right. just very you know very slow in your own opinion do you think she's operating mainly out of that resentment heartache anger oh yeah yeah oh yeah and i mean her with her background and like her career right it, like, she she knows what she's doing mm -hmm. and she knows it's not actually in the best interest mm -hmm. and that's what yeah it's one thing if there's just ignorance and they don't know better but when there's a trained therapist <laughs> giving us a bad name <laughs> <laughs> exactly I always say if my therapist is doing this in her yeah. personal life, I would like, right. I want to know if her ther if this, if she has a therapist of her own, like, I don't know, she's, obviously she needs to process and work through things. And you know, <laughs> at the same time, you know, you can't blame her. Like, I don't blame anyone in any of the situation. Like, it's just, there's so much humanness to so many of our stories where we're going to fall out of love. We are, we're going to find ourselves in a different way. We're going to, you know, um, marriages end and people find 
other people and in the mix of it all are kids right and it's like god we all just need to work on our own shit and keep (laughs) out of our own shit and and see that that you know they can be separate from processing what we need to process or living the life that we want to live but also putting the kids best interest in mind you know like in a perfect world right but you know she like my my point there is I don't blame her for being completely heartbroken right but process that differently than the way that you're processing it as a parent there's a point in which that has to get separated out in the same way that I'm trying to separate out like I love this kid this kid represents a bunch of hardship right Mm -hmm. and it's not fair for me to go oh can you stop saying that happy song because you're bring something up in me right now you know like uh you know you're here so this is gonna happen now and this is how things go you know Mm -hmm. things like that and you know, oh, you're here and the custody's still not arranged. So like, I can't even go away for a weekend with my partner right now because there's literally just not a weekend, mm-hmm. you know, and, you know, we can't just ask for a flop of a, a flip flop of a day or there's no vacation built into our parenting plan or anything like that. So there's nothing to even grab hold of. But for us, like in our co-parenting life that we've had to like build it's it's honestly the hardest thing is like it's so suppressed to these like very weird rigid hours that there's like no time like I hear like I've gone deep into like the world trying to find resources for myself like finding your podcast just being like oh my gosh there's other people that are dealing with this this isn't special like this isn't just me and it feels so isolating Mm -hmm. but it's not it's it's like either it's Hong Kai high conflict or it's not. It just like seems to be just like a split, right? And, and, but it's just like to like have to like package our family time. You know, I hear all of you guys with all your like finished parenting plans and everything, like talking about transition days. And it's like literally all we have is transition days. Like mm-hmm. we have daycare hours, like we fit all of our parenting time, whether that's working and trying to flip-flop schedules and do childcare and then find a moment to like be the three of us, Mm -hmm. like it's insane. And it creates this very like divided world that we constantly have to talk about. So it doesn't end up that way, right? Like we've been doing this schedule for a year. The schedule happened only because of the pandemic Mm -hmm. because, right, she had to get pulled out of daycare Mm -hmm. and everyone started working from home and everyone had to make adjustments and that's one of the the parenting coordinators that they worked with like god bless her she was like okay perfect like here you go your hours are tripled just because like someone needs to take care of her yeah kind of a blessing Um, I guess yeah and the it's been such a weird situation like trying to build our family without being able to build it. Like for so long of that time, we, we couldn't go anywhere. Couldn't be with 
the friends that we have, I would say left at this point, like no one likes high conflict divorce. Mm-hmm. Great. Like the communities for both of us walking into this, that we thought we could depend on are just mm-hmm. severed. Mm-hmm. And so the people that are left hanging around, you can't even see them. And so there's no like outward validation that we are her parents, mm-hmm. you know, like, cause there's just no one there to see it. Right. Right. <laughs> like, yeah. You don't pick her up from daycare. You don't bring her to the birthday party. You don't yeah. do anything in front of anybody. And now it's finally starting to resolve, but. And those are things that you don't even really think about in, in hetero situations, right? Like you, and, and when you're feeling like you need that outside validation, I mean, stepmoms feel that all the time, regardless, I think where it's like, how do I show or prove myself that I am an active parent, but you know, with the, with both you and your partner feeling that way. Um, and, and you have this other parent who is hell bent on making sure that that doesn't happen. Um, that's really, it's, it's almost like you and your partner are figuring it out together, like figuring out how your roles, um, with her, um, are validated. Yeah, for sure. In this whole context of like, right. Who am I to her? Mm -hmm. And, you know, it feels so weird. Like it feels like bio mom basically put on us this whole entire time. Like I am like, I am a good person (laughs) in general. And I, and she just slapped me with, she's a horrible person. She can't breathe there with my daughter Mm -hmm. in the room. Like she needs to not be there. This is inappropriate. This is like, you know, Mm -hmm. all these things like that. She just, she spends her time wishing or like actively forgetting that I exist like you know mm-hmm. like that's her best plan is like that's well, the, how, the coping that really works for her right like when my partner moved in with me she all of a sudden like refused to come pick up here and so like because they're all in mediation courts are shut down or whatever it got then got finalized that like they're gonna go exchange in a parking lot like literally a half a mile down the street mm-hmm and that went on for eight months before finally it was like my partner's like, we just keep catering to her emotions. Mm-hmm. And like, that's not actually for not the best interest of the child, but even not the best interest of her. Like, right. She has to deal with it at some point. And that's, that's, that's the part, right? Like you have to acknowledge that this is happening you have to pull into that driveway and be like you're right kiddo you have two houses like mm-hmm. two homes and yeah that she part is her own reality right and it's so hard to like essentially be fighting so hard to just like earn your the air that you breathe in your own house mm-hmm. and feel like there's nothing the law can do to necessarily protect you because they're like COVID and these things like navigating all this stuff. And 
you know, it all just kind of gets lost. And then it's like, it's our life. Like we're the ones sitting here losing time with her. Like it doesn't affect our lawyers. It doesn't okay. affect the judge. It doesn't affect even bio mom. Like she, she's not filing anything because she loves that. This it's is the way that it, it yeah. is the way that it is, right? She's just yeah. sitting back and waiting and like, yeah. It's all in her favor at this point. Great. Yeah. And it's really hard. So we talk, I mean, we go to therapy. That's how we handle it. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what, yeah. I mean, and I feel like that's, um, everyone should do that. Um, especially with all the, it's just, it gets to be so much, like all of it is just so much. And, and it's, I feel all really normal. Like, like you said, like it can feel really isolating. Right. But but when you really think about it, like all the feelings that you're feeling, all the thing, like it, of course you feel that way. Like, of course, this is like really freaking hard. And of course you're mad and all that stuff. And so I'm glad that you are seeing someone that it's like, yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Like this makes total sense. And, and, you know, you have to get that support. So with, with that, you know, for people listening before, before you wrap up here, like what has been the most beneficial for you? What is kind of your stepmom nugget of wisdom um, for people listening? Uh, um, <laughs> I, I think this. <laughs> the, I mean, I think the, the thing really is like, really has to do with like, your partner and you like that's you have to be with somebody that you can say I'm feeling like we're all sitting here together the three of us and it's just you and her and I feel that way and I don't know if that's real or not but I need you to essentially hear that step up and I know this is also hard for you you know and and I'm still asking you to go above and beyond for me and if you don't have somebody that can hear that and want to put that in mm-hmm. and you also hear their side of it and work towards something together then it's just it's so much hell for yeah everyone. for nothing essentially right. yeah like that's it the only reason why we made it this far I mean we are such an amazing match we are just every single like woo woo thing that you could put together is perfect. And that's the only reason we've survived this is that she can hear me and I can hear her. Mm-hmm. And we both know that we're like building this all together. And that means we can take ownership over what, what we have. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And just like bring down the patriarchy in general, like, <laughs> right. like it'd yeah. be easy for all the stepmoms if like some of that stuff was broken down. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. There has to be there has to be more space for for uh, different family dynamics. And at this right. point, it's like it's twenty twenty one. Like there's a whole different there's lots of different ways to be represented as a parent. Um, whether that is a gay stepmom, whether that is a gay stepdad, whatever, you know, it's just, I mean, it just, 
there needs to be more inclusivity. There needs to be changes in legal stuff and just to keep things where, you know, it's not all heteronormative, I guess. Right. And like everybody that just like, I don't know, sometimes I feel like in this like world of like stepmom support, there's just a lot of like writing off husbands as like, well, he's not going to talk to her like that because da, da 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 or whatever. And there's just so much, there's so much gendered norms of like what every stepmom is supposed to do. And then like what every dad's supposed to do. And like, that it's this big ask to go like to the husbands and be like, I need you to like witness this and see this and like step up and like whatever. And that doesn't really help anybody. Right. Like, sure. Mm-hmm. we all have to be like writing our own norms like from from like the ground up essentially mm-hmm. and like leaving that like typical male role typical female role like out of it mm-hmm. right yeah. like yep yeah uh well um gosh there's I feel like a lot of things uh behind everything we just talked about <laughs> but yes thank you um for coming on and and sharing your story and I know that this probably resonates with a lot of people um and if you have if listeners have any questions for Casey you can contact me directly and I will make sure that she gets it um anything before we go Casey thank you for being on like happy pride month everybody yeah right yes happy pride month all right guys um thank you for listening as always be well and stay radical all right ladies the episode is over but do you want a little more come find me on instagram and join the community at radical stepmoms podcast or schedule a one-on-one session and get that personalized support, or become a Radical member and gain access to exclusive content like bonus episodes and merch. Radical Stepmoms is so much bigger than a podcast. Check out the details and the notes on this episode.